Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Today's scripture verses from Psalms speak metaphorically about a conversation or a proclamation made by the celestial bodies about a creator. As you listen, try to identify all the vivid verbs that the writer uses to describe voice and response, and pay close attention to how it makes you feel upon listening. Psalm 19, 1-6, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship, day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. This morning at 4.30, I was humbled. I mean, literally humbled. This past week, I decided to do a new series on the Webb Telescope. And I know nothing, nothing about it. I mean, I knew that we had sent a telescope up. I knew that there was a lot of challenges with this telescope. Because of its size, we couldn't send it intact. Instead, we had to figure out how to make it small enough that it would fit on a rocket. Once we got it out into space, we had to figure out how we could cause it to expand so that we could use it. One mistake and we would have lost billions of dollars as well as a significant amount of time. And if it worked, however, we would learn a lot about the origins of our universe. But that's all I knew. So throughout this week, I've done a lot of reading in that area, and I realized at 4.30 this morning, I'm still pretty ignorant. And that's what woke me up. As I was thinking, laying there in bed, thinking about the sermon I was going to do today, I realized that it wasn't ready. I could not preach that sermon. Literally, it wasn't ready. I could have tried, but I would have rambled all over the place. Now, because that happened, it doesn't mean that I don't have a sermon for today. It doesn't mean that we're done. But instead, what it does mean is that... One of the aspects I learned about this Webb telescope is it it is so humbling as far as how we see ourselves as human beings. And when I was looking at that information, I immediately thought about a text in the Psalms. Psalm chapter 8 talks about the humility of humanity when it perceives who it is in the grander scale of the heavens. 
So at five o'clock, I pulled up myself out of bed, went into my office at home, and decided to prepare something brand new for today. And in my preparation for that, I became more and more excited because I realized that being humiliated, realizing what you don't know, can in many ways give you a, a form of excitement because it puts out before you all the things that you might be able to learn. And so today, that's what I would like to share with you. What we have learned from the Webb telescope is not only a matter of understanding that as human beings, we're really insignificant, and as human beings, we are really great. How do we bring those two together? How can we be insignificant and yet at the same time be great? I think Psalm 8 shows us how that can be done. In Psalm chapter 8, it begins in verse 3, and it says the following. When we look at your heavens, O God, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what are humans that you are mindful of them and that you care for them? The first thing that hit me when I read this was the writer is writing from his perspective. When this individual wrote, there was not yet a telescope. So whatever they could see in the heavens was through just these two eyes. It was limited. But even despite that limit, they were in awe. Perhaps you've had that experience. If you can get out of Phoenix and into some of the surrounding rural areas, all of a sudden you realize how many stars are truly up there. And when you can lay there and look up in the sky, you see the vastness that is there, and that's just through our eyes. This morning, I was able to watch the sunrise, and the colors as they changed on the horizon was just, this created this feeling in me, this sense of awe, this sense of wonder, and the colors that were created. And again, understand, the author is limited in his sight, but he's also limited by his worldview. How he understands the heavens is directly tied into the stories that he and those around him would tell about the origins of life. Again, understand that the origins of life were affected by the context in which they lived and the limitations that they were faced with. So when we in the 21st century, look back at those origin stories, it is easy to scoff at them and wonder, how in the world could they think that was reality? But that's what they had. And despite the differences that between us today and them back then, it still creates the same phenomena. And it's humbling. When I saw the, the, the uh, insights and the pictures from the Webb telescope, 
I was amazed. And again, I felt humbled because I didn't realize what I was looking at. And I'm not going to take the time to explain how it all works and what it is the images are, but I do want to show you the first picture that came out. It's up on the screen. And what this picture is, is a picture of what is called a dark field. And the way that the writer described it on an article on the NASA website would be that if you held in your hand a speck of sand, and you were to put your hand way out here and look at that speck of sand, that's what this is. But that speck of sand has many, many galaxies. And each galaxy, if you could imagine, is like its own island. And there's a vastness between them. And that's all captured in this picture where we see this infrared light displaying to us. It's also humbling when you realize the origin of humanity the origin of our planet. It's, it's minuscule. When you can look at the images that the Webb telescope sent back to us, all of a sudden we realize that truly we are insignificant. There are a vast variety of universes that are out there that we don't have a clue until this moment. The Webb Telescope uses infrared because as light travels from its source, it shifts, and the only way you can de detect it is by an infrared detector. The Hubble Telescope, some of you may, may remember, it was limited because it only could perceive light as we perceive it. This actually shows light that can be traced back to its original source, and that original source, we only know where it's at because of the amount of time that that light took to travel to where we could detect it. When we understand this, it's quite humbling. One writer said the following about what happens when you realize your place and not only our universe, but in the cosmos. He said the following, when we see this, it dispels the arrogant belief that we're the most special and important beings that ever existed. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're significant? I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I get so wrapped up in what's happening and I focus just on the immediate and the surrounding con uh, different areas of, of conflict that are going on in my life, and that becomes my focus. I lose perspective. I forget 
that I am one person out of 7.7 billion people that inhabit our earth. And then you stop and you take that and you compare it to these images that we're seeing, all of a sudden we can resonate in a deeper way with what this writer said in Psalm 8. This individual goes on and he also describes the humbling experience when he says, it shatters the conceit that we inhabit a universe, ready for this? A universe that is made just for us. That it was created when we were created and it will die when we die. We are so anthropocentric we are so focused on a human beings as the apex of creation that we've lost the reality of who we really are. We really are, if when you look at these pictures, we really are insignificant. The writer goes on when he says, it puts our great deeds and our achievements into their true context. I was reading one individual, and they mentioned that when we die, we will be forgotten within a generation or two. It's amazing when you, wear, when you read an obituary and as you read it, you see all the accomplishments this person has done. That's how they are to be remembered, by their accomplishments, because that's what's in the obituary. But that person, just like you and I, when we die, we will be forgotten. But yet, for some reason, we continue to put our time and effort in making a name for ourselves. But when you see this, all of a sudden you realize that our accomplishments, while they may be important and meaningful, they're quite insignificant. And finally, it says that it banishes the illusion that the supreme goal of life should be riches, power, or fame. That's not the goal of life, is it? I think we could answer no. But then we would have to look at how we and others live their life, how we spend our time, how we use our resources, the reality is that the earth and all of its cargo is but an atom, an atom drifting in the ocean of vastness. That's us. No wonder the writer of Psalm depicted that we as human beings need to understand our right place within our universe and within the cosmos. But the writer won't leave us there. 
Psalm 8 continues and it says, Yet you, O God, have made the humans a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned them with glory and honor. And here's where we see the, this tension, this, if you would, a dichotomy between being a humbled and being insignificant, but yet being great enough that the gods would say, they're pretty special people. The writer can say both things. Why? Because the ability we have to understand, to have consciousness, is very unique. The ancients believed that God resided above this dome in the heavens. And, ab and above that dome, there was water. And then above that water was the heavens of heavens, where God resided. Many ancient Near Eastern religions believe that where God dwelt was like a castle. And God was sitting upon a throne and from there, God could see everything. A unique and special gift just for the gods. They could perceive and see things that humans could not. But then you stop and think about the Webb telescope. We can see things that not only the ancients could not see, but the ancients, their gods, could not see. Because the ancients believed that their god was limited to this planet. Originally, they believed that their gods were, were limited to a certain location. That's why in the Old Testament, God is seen as dwelling on Mount Sinai. And that's why Moses asked God, will you go with us? But over time, the evolution of their idea of God changed. And as it changed, God went from being this local territorial God that God could only move when the Ark of the Covenant was moved to this God that was overseeing all of the planets, the earth, as they understood it. And today, we as human beings have created a telescope, sent it into space, and as we sent it into space, it became our eyes. And we could see things that the gods dreamed of being able to see. And so in some ways, not only are we insignificant, but we are also unique 
as human beings, our ability to discover things, our ability to create, are unique to us as a species here on this earth. And so there is this tension that not only the writer of Psalm 8, who lived over 2,000 years ago, and us today can relate to each other. The difference, this person 2,000-some years ago, they could only see with their eyes. Today we can see through this telescope, and the results are still the same. We are humbled, but we also understand that we have a unique ability of the species here on this planet. But the writer of the psalm doesn't start, stop there. The writer takes us into one other insight. And he says the following. You, God, have given them, the human beings, dominion. It's the same word that appears back in Genesis when God creates Adam and Eve. He says that you will have dominion over the earth. This psalm takes that same idea, that same word, makes a connection between the original creation and the time in which he lived, and he says that we have dominion, we have sovereignty, we have jurisdiction over the work of God's hands. You have put all things under our feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. So not only did the writer say in Psalm 8 that we have this sense of humility and being insignificant, but also great, but with that, there comes a sense of responsibility. And as I looked at these pictures from the Webb telescope, I realized not only how small I was in the grand scheme of everything, but I understood that I have certain responsibilities that come with being a human being. But we understand those responsibilities different as we see the vastness of the heavens. A man named Adam Lee, who wrote an article entitled, My Humanism Comes from the Stars, said the following, Our rivalries, our animosities, the fern, I'm sorry, the fume and turmoil of our sprawling citizens all dwindle in light of the ancient suns. They shrink until they're so tiny that we can't see them at all. Another writer named Jacob Needleman from the book a sense of the cosmos, says the following, if one steps out on a starry night 
and observes one's inner state, one asks oneself if they could hate or be overwhelmed by envy or resentment. Is it not true that no man or woman has ever committed a crime while in, while in a state of wonder? When we understand our place on this planet, in our universe, in the vastness of the heavens, a lot of our problems can become and seem to be very trivial. One individual described it the following. He said, imagine a drop of water on a leaf. And that drop of water represents our earth. Out of all creation, we are that little drop of water. And now imagine in that drop of water all the different bacteria that exist. And what happens? What would you think if one of those bacteria says, you know what? I want more power. Out of all the bacterias, I want to be the bacteria. And so the bacteria goes and it picks a fight with another bacteria. And somehow... Whoever the victor is, they feel, <laughs> look at me. This writer says that the responsibility we have, our little petty fights, nation against nation, if we could just back up and see what's out there, it could be life-changing. Another writer says the following, in the emptiness, we have nowhere to go but here. Think about that. You and I, we have nowhere else to go. And not only that, but we have no one else to protect us other than each other. All of a sudden, these divisions that we have created in our minds toward other people, divisions that cause people to pick up guns and harm each other, like Jacob Needleman says, when you're in a state of wonder, all of a sudden, life gets a brand new perspective. Adam Lee said the following, the cosmic vision is humility and greatness combined in one. 
it shows us how ultimately insignificant we are, but by our mere ability to comprehend the whole of space and time, it elevates us. We're not lost or bewildered amidst the chaos. Today, we know where and when we belong, where we came from, and why we exist. And then he closes with this line. What other collection of atoms can say the same? Do you see that? In this vast, vast insights that we're gaining from the Webb telescope, we are just a collection of atoms that have been put together. But then look at what we've been able to achieve. And if we stand in awe and wonder of everything that surrounds us, what we can see and the unseen, all of a sudden you begin to realize that every single day counts. And the way that you treat yourself and the way that you treat others is significant. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.